The incredible civilization of ancient Egypt lasted longer than the entire span of what we have come to accept as recorded history, which is only a few thousand years. Some believe that the ancient Egyptians inherited some of the lost knowledge of the civilization of Atlantis after its destruction. It's believed that the few survivors of this once extremely technologically advanced civilization found refuge in the lands of the Nile Delta. During these millennia, the ancient Egyptians developed not only technologically, but also spiritually, as they were introduced to a multitude of esoteric practices that we are still unraveling the meaning of. The fascinating spiritual, esoteric, and occult knowledge of the ancient Egyptians far surpasses the mere knowledge we have today. It is believed that a large portion of this knowledge was actually channeled and given by the ancient Egyptians by an incredible being, unknown whether human, god, or something completely different. This being was called Thoth by the Egyptians, Hermes Trismegistus by the Greeks, and later Mercury by the Romans. This mysterious entity was known to have lived in ancient Egypt before he was revered as a god, and there are many stories about him, claiming he could access higher realms of consciousness and derive universal information from the Akashic field. He was the first great Egyptian philosopher and founder of the ancient mystery schools. Thoth was considered to be the one who gave us writing, numbers, and the arts of self-cultivation through works of consciousness. It is said that he was receiving his wisdom while in deep meditative trances, writing many books, including, allegedly, the Emerald Tablet, the Book of Thoth, and the Divine Pymander. It's believed that the Book of Thoth reveals the secrets of the universe and the process achieved through awakening certain areas of the brain, which are inactive for the average person. The Book of Thoth contains secret knowledge of the incarnation process, the multidimensional structure of the universe, and offers thousands of spiritual and esoteric rituals, which could have a powerful impact on the physical world. There are also a lot of dark and dangerous practices. In fact, it's believed that the powerful curse on Tutankhamun's tomb was created using the knowledge of the Book of Thoth. George Herbert, the man who financed the excavation of King Tut's tomb, was the first to succumb to the curse. On the 5th of April, 1923, he accidentally tore open a mosquito bite while shaving and ended up dying of blood poisoning shortly after. One month later, on the 16th of May, 1923, George J. Gould I, who also visited the tomb, died after developing a mysterious fever. A month after his death, the Prince of Egypt, Ali Kamel Fami Bey, who was another visitor to the tomb, was shot dead by his own wife. Hugh Evelyn White, who was an archaeologist participating in the excavation, hung himself in 1924, leaving a chilling message reading, I have succumbed to a curse which forces me to disappear. The same year, Sir Archibald Douglas Reed, the man who x-rayed Tutankhamun's mummy, died from a mysterious illness. Richard Bethel, who was George Herbert's secretary, and accompanied his boss on the opening of King Tut's tomb, lasted a bit longer, 
and died smothered under suspicious circumstances in 1929. A year later, his father killed himself. All in all, there were at least 11 deaths attributed to the curse. This should give you an idea of how powerful the Book of Thoth and the secret methods described there actually are. In the wrong hands, the Book of Thoth could be very dangerous, and for this reason, only Egyptian priests with special training were allowed access to Thoth's sacred knowledge, together with the pharaohs. It's been said that Thoth acquired all this knowledge through the practice of channeling, which is a psychic connection to beings from the higher dimensions, which exist in the all-encompassing informational field. We are living in a field of energy and information, which is all around us, and yet it's imperceivable by the human eye. To achieve this expanded state of consciousness, channelers and mediums usually meditate, trying to break free of the worldly influences and tune in to higher consciousness. They may seek connection to specific spirits of the dead, or they may be contacted, apparently unbidden, by some unknown force that wishes to communicate. Although this sounds completely crazy to modern society, it wasn't like that in ancient times. On every continent, every ancient culture knew about this ability, and every religion had some sort of priests or shamans which specialized in channeling, mediumship, and communicating with the divine. From the Native American shamans, famous for their trans-shamanic states, to the Egyptian priests, the Celtic druids, and the steppe followers of Tangri. All of them used channeling to communicate with the spirits. The persecution of this lost knowledge came only after the rise of monotheistic religions such as Christianity and Islam. Although cases of channeling, especially communicating with God, angels, and spirit beings, can also be found in these two religions, precisely by the prophets who communicated with these higher dimensional beings. Humans can only perceive up to three dimensions, but we can theorize how a possible fourth or fifth dimensional world might act. For example, if we take a piece of paper and draw a human, the human we drew is in the second dimension. We can see this two-dimensional world, and we can see this human living in the second dimension, but if he was alive, and by the way, scientists say that life in a two-dimensional universe is possible, he wouldn't be able to see us because we are in the higher third dimension, which is imperceivable to him, the same way the fourth dimension is imperceivable to us. If we were to place our finger on the piece of paper, we would be interacting with the second dimension from our third dimension, and the human would be able to see a sliver of our finger. This is because in a two-dimensional world, you can only go forward and backward, or side to side. There is no depth there. If there are beings living in a fourth-dimensional world, they would be able to see and perceive much more than what we are currently experiencing in our third-dimensional reality. A being from the fourth dimension would have access to information and knowledge far exceeding our understandings. Considering all dimensions are intertwined with one another, it's scientifically possible for a third-dimensional being to establish some kind of connection with a fourth-dimensional entity. 
Apparently, Thoth, through his meditative trance states of consciousness, established this connection and transformed all the knowledge he acquired in writing. It's been said he wrote thousands of books. To the Egyptians, his knowledge was so vast that they began to credit him as the communicator with the gods. And the topics he uncovered ranged from medicine, chemistry, law, art, music, rhetoric, philosophy, geography, and much more. And these were only the earthly aspects he acquired. There are many practices, rituals, and esoteric abilities written in the Book of Thoth, which we today would call paranormal or simply magical. Some of them were the supposed abilities to communicate with animals and even telepathically affect them. The pharaohs also used the Book of Thoth to establish power over animals and humans. It's been said that the mysterious book holds secrets of controlling the natural yet unknown functions of our bodies. No wonder the most famous Egyptian symbol, the Eye of Horus, also known as Wajet, is secretly depicting the structure of the human brain with the pineal gland at its center. The Book of Thoth is around 20,000 years old, and the first historical record mentioning it can be found written in the Turris Papyrus, an ancient manuscript listing the names of the Egyptian pharaohs, stating from the earliest times and going on to the reign of Ramses II. This ancient papyrus describes how an assassination attempt was made on the life of the pharaoh using dark magic from the Book of Thoth. Magic was something completely natural in the daily life of the ancient Egyptians. The proper definition of magic is simply science we don't understand yet. Heka, the magic of the ancient Egyptians, was not a parlor trick or illusion. It was the harnessing of the powers of natural laws in order to achieve a certain goal. To the Egyptians, a world without magic was inconceivable. Almost everyone wore amulets to protect themselves from dark magic, and the amulets created in those times stayed in use until approximately the 5th century AD and were revived again in modern times. Heka magic continues to be one of the most mysterious and fascinating magical practices in the world. Magic wasn't the only thing the Book of Thoth offered. It also included detailed information about lost and forgotten ancient civilizations and the real history and origins of the human race. Legend says that that person who read the substance of the book would receive knowledge of parallel realities and the plethora of dimensions and energies that we are connected to. When you look at the gated tools in the Book of Thoth, your soul will understand the codes and guide your consciousness to the various dimensions that are outlined in the gates provided. It will give your consciousness access to very desirable dimensions that it needs to evolve. Soul evolution is more than reading books, meditating, and eating right. It involves the coordinated practice of placing your consciousness in higher and higher states that ultimately raise it to the point that it can no longer incarnate on lower dimensions. The Book of Thoth gives you a chance to do so. No one knows where the Book of Thoth is located now, or if it's even real, but there's an old legend which was told even during the Ptolemaic Egyptian period. The legend suggests that the book was originally hidden at the bottom of the Nile near Koptos, 
where it was locked inside a series of silver and gold boxes and guarded by serpents. The brave Egyptian prince, Neferkapta, who was the son of the pharaoh, decided to recover it. He fought the serpents and succeeded retrieving it, but in punishment for his theft from Thoth, his wife Awer and his son Merib died. Neferkapta eventually committed suicide and was said to have been entombed along with the book and his tomb sealed for eternity. We cannot know for sure whether the book was real or not, but people never stop searching for it to this day. In fact, there were harsh persecutions for those searching the secrets of the Book of Thoth during medieval times. The Spanish Inquisition was especially grim it was enough only to speak of the Book of Thoth, and merciless sentence would follow. Many who sought to find it were brutally executed. The Book of Thoth has been lost for thousands of years from this world. But if we one day find it, perhaps it would help us grow into higher, more evolved beings. Let us know what you think about this mystical book, and tell us, what would you do if you possessed its secrets?